Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Hey, you know, this coming Wednesday is Valentine's Day. I know that a lot of you are going to be going out and doing things, but we're still going to have church at 6 o'clock, okay? So y'all can come and, and be blessed and, you know, get the word of God in you at 6 and then go out to eat afterwards at 7. All right? Amen. No, it's Valentine's Day. We, you know, February is the month of love. And so I just felt like, hey, you know, many times I, I just you know, listening to the Lord and kind of talking to him. But I felt like, you know, sometimes we got to be reminded of some things. Especially we got to be reminded about the love of God. We also got to be reminded about our love that we have one toward another. Thank you for your overwhelming response. Nobody likes to, to uh, talk about things or to get truly reminded that we have to walk in love. That uh, we have to walk in love one to another. You know that when you got born again, the very first fruit of the Spirit that showed up is the love of God. It did. All of a sudden, you got a lot nicer than you used to be. And if you didn't, you probably didn't get born again. You probably didn't get saved. You probably didn't become a follower of Jesus, all right? But because if you did, if you truly gave your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, there was a difference in your life. All of a sudden, people who irritated you, they don't irritate you as much. I didn't say they didn't irritate you. They don't irritate you as much. Okay? And, uh, but there, there are some things that we've got to understand about love. And it's the God kind of love. And it's, it's a unique kind of love because it's the agape love, which is an unconditional love that God loves us with. And once you understand that, once you know that God really, truly loves you, it changes everything in your life. And that's what God wants us to know. He wants us to know that. He wants us to be rooted and grounded in that. So here in Ephesians chapter 3, this is one of Paul's prayers that he prays. Ephesians chapter 1 is really good. But Ephesians chapter 3, <coughs> Paul begins to pray here. He says this in verse 14. He says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep or into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand truly, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life. Everybody say fullness of life. life. See, you might have life, but you need to, and you might even have a full life, but you can even have more. We want you to have overflowing, amen? With all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all the glory go to God, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generation forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You know, the King James Version says there when it talks about verse 17 and 18, it says this. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love. And that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. You know, I want you to get rooted and grounded. Because when you get rooted and grounded so that when insults and when misunderstandings comes, when mistakes come, when people offend you, you know what? It doesn't affect you as bad as it was. Or it doesn't as affect you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, so that it causes harm to you. Amen. How many know that offense can destroy you? 
How many know that unforgiveness can turn into bitterness and eat you up? Amen? So God's first thing is for us to be rooted and grounded in love. But many times I don't think people understand what the love of God really is. And when you hear it and you find out about it, you go, I can't do that. No, you can't, but God in you can. See, because Romans 5, 5 says the love of God's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. First part of that is he makes you not ashamed. And because of that love that's been shed abroad in your heart, you have that capacity to love. You have the ability to forgive. Thank you for all your wonderful... But you know, you're going to have to do that because we're getting ready to go into Valentine's. Somebody's not going to do the right present. Somebody's going to not do the right flowers. They're not going to do the right dinner. So we got to be able to forgive each other here, even if they mess up or they forget, okay? You know, go with me if you would over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. <clears throat> Amen. Y'all doing okay? I know. When you teach on love, everything gets quiet. But I'm going to read you 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 out of the Amplified Bible because I, you know, and, and I had for years, it, you know, I don't have it. This is a newer Bible. So I don't have anything in this Bible in the flight. But all my other ones, I, I put things in there. And for many, many years on all of my Bibles, I put 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, Amplified. When I say I put it in there, I cut it, I, you know, I printed it out, and I cut it in the, in the flyleaf of my Bible, and I paste it on in there. If you can't paste things in your Bible or mark in your Bible, get one you can, okay, because you want to use it, you know. So I did all that, and, uh, and I would read that many, many times, almost every day, but just read it because I knew I had, I said, I put myself in there. When time it said love, I'd say, I am. Mark is, you know. And, you know, it'd be funny because when you read it like that, you say, you know, you read, I am this way. And you go, no, you're not. <laughs> That's what your mind says. You know, it tells you, no, you're not that way at all. You say, yeah, yeah I'm, you know, but that's what I want to become. Amen. So here, verse four, beginning at verse four, <coughs> excuse me, love endures long and is patient and kind. Put your name in there. You endure long and you are patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. You don't envy anybody. You're not jealous of anybody. Love is not boastful or vainglorious. Doesn't think it's better than somebody else. Love does not display itself haughtily. What does that mean? That means that you're not thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to think. And you're not thinking better of, everybody, you know, of yourself than anybody else. It is not conceited arrogant or inflated with pride love is not rude love's not unmannerly love does not act unbecomingly love god's love in us everybody say god's love in me amen see that left you off the hook right there so it's god's love in you now you may not be using it but at least it's god's love in you okay hallelujah you know then it says, God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Woo-hoo. Moving right along here. Let's go. For love is not self-seeking. Love is not touchy, fretful, or resentful. Love takes no account of the evil done to it. Ooh, let's say that one again. Love takes no account of the evil done to it. Love pays no attention to the suffered wrong. All right, everybody take a deep breath. Here we go. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. 
Love bears up under anything and everything that comes is ever ready. Love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades out or becomes obsolete or love never comes to an end. Amen. Amen. Now, let me give you another scripture. Go over to Romans. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. It's just my introduction. And then we'll, then we'll hopefully help you. Okay? Now, you're beating us up now. So I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> God's good. Chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Hallelujah. We're going to read a lot of verses. A lot of, I, I, don't want to, I never apologize for reading scripture because the word of God is even better than you hearing me. Hearing the word of God and hearing it. And I'm reading it out of the New Living because it's like a conversation. So, except for the Amplified. But I mean, I wanted to get the Amplified because the Amplified just totally wipes you out. When you read, go through that, you go, oh my gosh, I don't think I'm saved. I don't think I can live. You know, so-and-so did this and that person did that. And this is this. And, you know, that first line, love endures long and is patient and kind. It's tough. How long do I have to endure with that? Well, you know, the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Guess what the next one is? Long-suffering. So that means you got the capacity for long-suffering. It means you can be patient and kind. You can last a long time. You just don't think you can, but you can. Hallelujah. Here in Romans chapter 8 talks about nothing can separate you from the love of God. So I want to read this to you. And this is God talking to you. Paul wrote this to the, the church at Rome. But he's endeavoring to let them know about how much God loves them. He said, what shall we say about these such wonderful things as these? We'll say this. If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ died, or Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. <clears throat> Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are, we are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelmingly, victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Amen. Next verse. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Nobody or nothing can separate the love of God. And that love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. When you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that love, the love of God, the agape kind of love, the love that God has, was placed on the inside of you. Now, what we have to do is how to realize, how do we draw it out? 
How do we do that? How do we walk in love without just being a doormat? Amen. How many know Jesus was not a doormat? See, when you read Romans 8 and you read this and when you read what we just said there, it actually should make you rise up and give you a place of confidence and assurance. Amen. And a tremendous rest because you can rest in that love that God loves me. So that when somebody else doesn't like you and you don't get all your likes on Facebook or Instagram and nobody checks the boxes and you don't, oh my gosh, how come nobody's hearing this? You know, that it doesn't bother you. Why? Because God loves you. Amen? Because Jesus loves you. And when you do that, when you understand that, then glory to God, love always accomplishes its purpose. Love always does everything it's supposed to do. But what happens is, is that we put our love and we put our strength in people instead of putting our love and strength in God. And then we, put our, we try to put all of our things in, in our capacity to love. And guess what? Our love runs out. Now, don't look at me so holy. I know you. Every one of you have had some EGR people in your life. Do you know what EGR means? It means extra grace required. Every one of you have had some EGR Christians or EGR family. Just extra grace required when they show up. There's some extra grace required. All right, we got we to build ourselves up. We got to be ready. So-and-so is coming. Now, don't look to the right. Don't, they're not in this place. They're outside. They don't get out here. Everybody here is good. All right, all right let, me, let me read to you Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 out of the New Living uh, Translation about the love of God here. And I just want the scriptures to preach to you because, you know, I can talk to you about what you need to, but I want the scriptures to get on the inside of you so that you know that you have the capacity to walk this thing out. You really do. You know, because I asked the Lord one time, I said, Lord, why do I have to be the one walking in love? Why do I always have to do what the Bible says? Why am I the only one doing? Why? Look at these. They're Christians too. He, you know, and he, and he smiled. He didn't, you know, beat me up. He said, because you know to. He said, you know to. You have to do it because you know to. You know it. You have to do it. I said, why? Well, then how come they don't? He said, they don't know it. I said, I've been preaching to them for years. They should know this. <laughs> he said, we have that, you have job security. <laughs> you can tell. Job security, they're not getting it yet. I said, okay. Hallelujah. But look what he says here. Look what he says in, in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith. This is verse 1. Romans 5, 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of an undeserved privilege where we now stand. Amen. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too. When we run into problems and trials. Okay, everybody listening? We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop our endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. King James says, it'll not make you ashamed. It'll make you unashamed. Amen. He says, for we know how dearly. God loves us. And because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. 
See, when you understand the power of love, the power of, of the word of God, because faith can't work without love, nothing in the Bible works if you don't understand the love of God. If you don't understand that God loves you and he's enabled you to love others, then everything, you'll get frustrated with people because people will disappoint you. And yet people are precious and they have no past. Amen? They are precious. People are the problem, but they're also the solution to every problem you have. I just wondered, I asked God that one time. I said, God, why in the heck did you tie us so close to doing everything? Why did you trust us to do this? You should have had an elite. You should have had your, you know, you should have had your Gideon's 300. You should have had your elite forces just take, you know, the, the ones that are doing everything instead of leaving all the rest of us here. You know, just get us saved. Let's all go to heaven and just leave the ones that are actually going to do something. Let them stay down here. But God has more faith in you and me than we have in each other. See, you're here because God has so much faith and love in you that he knows what you can do for him. He knows that there's, there's people out there that only you can touch that only you are going to bring life to. That's why you're still here. It's true. It's true. It's the love that God has for us. I mean, when we see this, we have it. Now, I'm going to read this to you, too. This is out of the Amplified Bible, out of 2 John, verse 1. Uh, 2 John, 1, only, there's only one chapter, verse 6. He says, And what this love consists in is this, that we live and walk in accordance with and guided by his commandments, his ordinances, his, his orders, his precepts, his teaching. This is the commandment as you have heard from the beginning that you continue to walk in love, guided by it and following it. See, when you walk in the commandments of God, you're walking in love to God. When you walk in obedience to God, you're walking in love to God. And you need to walk in love to God more than you need to walk in love to anybody else. Because when you recognize his love towards you, that he makes it. How many of you know the Bible says that his commandments are not grievous? They're not hard. You know, when I was growing up, I grew up in a denominational church, not putting them down or anything, but they made everything hard. It was so hard to be a Christian. It's so hard to do the things. Oh, you got to give up this and you got to give it. You can't. They told us all the don'ts and all the can'ts and what you can't do. They never told us what we could do. But it was always hard. It was just going to be hard. You're going to, be, you're going to get this. You're, you know. And then I started reading the Bible as a young kid. And I started reading things. I said, hey, wait a minute. There's a lot of, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of, if you've ever seen the movie Pollyanna, there's 800 happy verses in the Bible. You know, and, I'm, and actually I found out there's a, more than 800. There's thousands of verses in the Bible that are happy if you read it right. Amen. You know, we don't have to be beating people over the head. You find out that God's got a great thing. And obedience, glory to God, brings blessing. You know, many times what happens is, is that we say, yeah, well, you know, I'm, my, my personality is just not to like people. <laughs> you ever been around somebody like that? And they say they're saved, and it's, it's kind of scary. They're just grumpy all the time, irritable, and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know. I don't know. If you, if you walk like a duck, you quack like a duck, you look like a duck, I'm pretty sure you might be a duck. But... If you look like a sinner, act like a sinner, you know, talk like one, you might be one. We might want to get some changes here. So, but how does love grow? Love grows the same as faith grows, right? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Amen. That's how faith grows. Love does the same thing. Love grows by hearing about the word of God. Love grows in the sense of you understanding what God's done for you, what he is doing, what he will yet do. And then you and God, it's all about a relationship with him. 
Amen? That's right. See, see, you know, when you, when you understand that, then it doesn't matter about the avenues and the methods. It only matters about, is it from my heart? Right. Amen? Amen? It only matters if I'm doing what God's asking me to do. See, see, walking in love and doing things, it'll keep you healthy, keep you whole. It'll, good things will begin to take place. But the number one thing that we always mess up with, with walking in love, is like what James says. James said this, you know, in uh, James 3, 2, he said this. He said, indeed, we all make mistakes or we make many mistakes. He said, but for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. And we could also control ourselves in every other way. That's a pretty amazing thing, huh? He just said, hey, we got to, because Peter said this in his gospel. He said, for the scripture says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Amen? And here's the thing. Why is love so important? Go to 1 John chapter 4. Y'all stay here? Y'all good? So I can't help it. God said, get, take the scriptures and teach. I said, Lord, we've taught on love all. He said, take the scriptures and just read the scriptures. He said, I'm going to talk to them this morning. So if you come up and say, well, you said this. I said, no, geez, you know, John said it. Peter said it. James said it. Paul said it. Jesus said it. There you go. So I, I'm just delivering the message, okay? Hallelujah. He said it, all right? Because, believe it or not, folks, the only thing that really counts in life is our love toward God and our love toward each other, our relationships that we have. The only thing that we can have that are going to go past our lifetime, that are going to last, are the relationships and and the accounts that you leave with your kids, with your people around you, what you leave as a legacy. And and, and the only only thing you can take to heaven is other people. Amen. That's the only thing we can take to heaven. You're not going to take any of your gold. not going to take any of your silver. You're not going to take any of your clothes. You're not going to take any of your things. They're all going to get burned up. The only thing you can take to heaven is other people. Amen. And the only thing you can take is, is and that's why God wants relationships. He values relationships more than anything else. That's why he talks to us about the love of God. That's why, why did the apostle John live the longest? He said, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loves. You know, he wrote that, right? He said, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. Do you know that Moses wrote, I'm the meekest man on the face of the earth? You're the meekest man. You wrote that you're the meekest man? You're bragging on yourself there. No, he just stated what God said about him. John stated what Jesus said about him. You know, it's kind of cool because John's gospel was the last gospel written, so the other guys couldn't refute it. And he lived longer than everybody else, so he cool. He said, I can write what I want. Nobody ever all dead. <laughs> all right? But we do know, of course, John's the one that wrote that Peter leaned over to John and said, hey, John, he likes you better. You ask him who's going to do this, you know. But, uh, but John's the one that wrote that too. So we see these things, okay? But you know why John lived the longest and why they couldn't do them, why God had John write in the book of Revelations and all the things that he did? was because he had a revelation that Jesus loves me. I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. I got a question for you. Do you think Jesus loved him more than the other disciples? Nope, not at all. But all the other disciples thought that he did. 
well, why would they think that? Not because John said it, but because John believed it more. Why does God bless or do things? He say, well, God must just like them more than he likes me. Look at all. No, they just believe that God loves them. They're, they're the ones that God loves. You got to believe that God loves you. It, and remember what Romans, remember what it said there in Romans chapter eight, though you're going through times of, of, of hungry, you're going through times of difficulty, you're going through times of test trials. Does that mean God loves you less? No, it means God's going to walk you through and you're going to come out on the other side. You're going to come out on the other side here because look at look what he says here. Look what he says here in first John chapter four. Look at verse 16. <coughs> Amen. Y'all doing okay. I'm having a great time. So we're good. Hallelujah. In verse 16, I'm going to find it here in just a second. Actually, I know exactly where it is here. I wrote it down over here, which is good. He said this, and I'm going to read this to you. This is the New King James Version, then I'm going to read it to you out of the the New Living. But he said this, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love, or he who abides in love, abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love, and we love him because he first loved us. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, isn't that amazing? Now, in here, it says this. You know, it says, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. Verse 15, verse 16. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more and more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. I like that. If we are are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. You can always tell how much people know they're loved. We, we saw that demonstrated through the body of Christ worldwide when COVID hit. The fear of dying, the fear of death, the fear of getting sick. I know I'd get quiet in here, but see, the key is, is that we, none of us in this room should ever be afraid to die. Ever. Ever. Why? Because we know where we're going. We know that we're going to go to heaven. We know that we're going to be up there ahead of time. We know we're, we're going to come back. We know the end of the story, that we know that if we do that, our time on earth is done. But who cares? Praise God, our time in heaven has begun, and that we're going to continue to do, and we're going to come back and finish this thing, and we're going to do things, and we're going to be, we know that we're going to live forever. When you understand God's love for you, hallelujah, you realize and recognize it takes away the fear, because it takes away the fear of death. It takes that away. Now, I don't tell you to go out here into the highway and jump out in front of a truck. I'm not telling you to do that because you'll end up in heaven. We'll be, we'll be celebrating you. 
Well, you won't be mourning me? No, we'll be celebrating you because we, you know, we don't want to tell everybody how dumb you were, okay? We'll celebrate you, okay? But the, so, no. Why do I say that? Because you're ready to live. You're ready to have, you're not afraid of judgment. You're not afraid. We're ready. We're not afraid of the judgment. We're ready to live. And we're ready to live with the love of God. We're ready so that it looks like somebody's getting something. looks like somebody does us wrong. Love doesn't pay any attention to us. Why? Because God's my source. God's going to do it. He'll turn things around. You may think you're getting away with it, but you're not going because God's going to turn it around. God's working on my behalf. All things work together for the good for me who love God, who love God and are called according to his purpose. See, we talk about the love of God. We're talking about all these things that God said about us, about his love for us. See, when you know that God loves you, it's easy to forgive and it's easy to love others if you'll let yourself do it. Amen. You've got to do it. Yes, we've been deeply hurt. I mean, everyone, everyone in this room has been offended. Everyone in this room has been, people have, have done us all wrong. People have stolen. Things have taken place. But when you take hold of the word of God, that's what changes. Amen? Amen. And the key to that is, is that, remember, John said, I am the disciple that, that Jesus loved. What was he doing? He was putting his tongue in action in a good thing. He was not getting upset at this or getting upset at that. He wasn't talking about this person, that person doing this. Amen? Amen. Peter said, don't let your tongue speak guile. Don't let your tongue get, get messed up. Amen? Because we do that many, many times. I like this quote from Corey Ten Boone who said, listen, it's not the duration of your life that counts. It's the donation. How much are we donating how much life are we giving? How much life are we supposed to give? Praise God. And the Bible tells us we need one another. God tied us all together. He tied us all into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. See, when we have this love as our foundation, then we, we just discover, wow, wow, I'm growing. I'm growing up because God wants me to grow up. Hallelujah. I'm discovering a new way to relate to everybody else. Man. I'm freeing from myself. And this is the biggest key. Listen to this. This is one of the biggest things is that we free ourselves from not looking to anybody else for validation, approval, or permission. I'm going to say it again. We free ourselves from everybody else for validation, approval, or permission. Amen. Why? Because we got God's permission. We got God's validation. Hallelujah. Amen. We got God's approval because we love him. Amen. Now, we, we, we do this and we make, it, we make it so hard, but really it's just, it goes back to the little nursery song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Amen. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Amen. And you remind yourself that, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Because when you feel like you're being defeated or you feel like you're being mistreated or you feel like things aren't going in the right direction, things aren't going the right, but, and you think, well, how come things aren't happening? Why isn't things happening in my life? How come this, this is going? It's because you're not recognizing God's love for you. Amen. I get texts, emails, calls from people all over wanting help and doing it. And I try to give them the word. And I try to help them and do you know, natural things too. But I try to get them to say, listen now, and they're so stooped in the past. Yeah, but you remember when this happened to me. I said, yeah, but that was 20 some odd years ago. One person they're dealing with, it was 40 years ago. 
and they still haven't overcome from 40 years. And, they, and I say, you've got to forgive. You've got to walk the thing. You've got to come out of this. Your life is miserable. And you don't think, you know, well, where's God at this? You know, that's where they get to. Well, where's God? Where's this? I said, God's where he's always been. He's always here. He's trying, but you keep negating it. You keep stopping it. Your words are killing it. Your words and your attitudes, you've, strived, you've stopped the blessings of God in your life. Because you're allowing them to hold you in bondage. Now, you know my story. The information lady. I've used that story multitudes of times. You know, those of you that don't know that story, I had a, I had a lady who always disliked to. She, she would go around and talk to everybody in the church. Not this church. There's another church. But she'd talk to everybody in the church. And she'd find out all, what all the problems they had and how mad they were. And she would have it her job to make sure she'd come and tell me all about it. And she would come and do, and she was, she was a busybody. And she would just do things. She was what the Bible calls a foolish woman. And I'm like, Lord, praying. I said, God, why is she in my church? I've never kicked anybody out of much ever, and I still never have. And I'm like, no, why can't I get rid of her? And I'm just frustrated. And I go to my prayer closet, and I go to pray, and she comes up. Every time she comes up. I'm like, Lord, I know I need to pray. Pray, God, what are you doing about this lady? Let's deal with this. I mean, come on. And he says, he said, she's closer to me than you are. And I said, what do you mean? Ain't no way. She's just, let me tell you all the things she's doing wrong. He said, yeah, but every time, you know, if you don't forgive her, you don't do this. You place her right between me and you. You place her right between me and you. And so you put her closer to me than you are. I said, okay, Lord, what, God, what, God, what can I do? If she, obviously, you've sent her here to be the thorn in my side, but you've sent her here, I'm, 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 and I need, I need to deal with it. What, what can we do? Okay, how do we handle this? Now, lest you think that, uh, you know, she had a filing cabinet this long at the county hospital, you know, because of mental illness and all kinds of things. She had things and stuff. And the Lord came and, you know, God healed her in our church, healed her in our service. And she was a blessing and all of her kids and her husband got saved. I mean, it was a phenomenal thing. She just felt like she needed to do this part or something. But anyways, the Lord said, you make her the information lady. And I said, well, what does that mean? He said, well, she loves to talk to everybody. She loves to get in everybody's business. And she knows everything's going on. You, you, you lock her in. <laughs> Literally, I built big old giant big things. I mean, they're they five feet you know, wide, four feet high. 18 inches, and I mean, I, I literally, you know, we had a little door, locked her in there, and, and, and if I wanted anything to go through my church in a matter of minutes, I told her, and it was awesome. She could tell 600 people that fast, and so, did she, and I said, listen, if you want to know about it, go talk, and, and I made it, and she became such a blessing, literally, no, no, she was, I started using her gifts, I said, God, we got to figure this out. Because I'm, I'm, I'm getting madder and madder and madder. <laughs> Amen. And God did great things. And they're blessed. And uh, hallelujah. Uh, I, she may be in heaven today. I don't know. But it's awesome. Okay. Uh, and uh, I mean, I thought, Lord, you're amazing. You're amazing. Because she doesn't, you know, I don't want to tell her anything. Because then it gets told. He said, well, tell her the right things. I said, praise God, let's do that. 
He taught me a tremendous valuable lesson on not to allow offense to come. You know, it, a, a lot of offense to come. You know, I've been lied about coast to coast, as I've told you before. But you can't let what people say bother you. If it does, then you won't ever grow and ever go forward with God. And here's the biggest key. Let's, 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 let's wind this thing up. Let's bring this thing to a, to a kind of a, a thing, a close here. I'll just bring it up about the love of God. The biggest thing that's connected with the love of God and the love of this big word that nobody likes, it's called forgiveness. And how to forgive rightly and how to do, truly forgive. Someone says, well, how do I know if I've forgiven them? You know that you've forgiven them by the amount of emotion you remember the incident. And when you start talking about it, and the matter you get about it, you realize you have not forgiven them. <laughs> you ever found somebody, well, let me just tell you about what they did. They did this, they did, they did all this. But let me tell you, I forgive them. <laughs> and you're like, whew, I'm so glad you did because I'm thinking you're about to kill them. <laughs> and the next time you see them, let me tell you about what they did. And they tell you every time. See, these, these people that I'm in contact with that I'm trying to help they always have a story about what has happened in the past and about where forgiveness... I said, you've got to forgive and forget that. I'm never... I said, you have to. You have to. Because forgiveness will eat you up. It'll turn into bitterness and it'll turn into envy and it'll destroy your life. They're not worth it. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. Mercy is for you. Forgiveness is for you. Hallelujah. That's what you got to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Forgiveness, you've got to do that. You've got to hang on to it. Hallelujah. Do you have your hand up for a purpose? Stand up. Go ahead. Amen. That's right. Have you to do. That's right. Amen. He will. He will. Every time. And that, what she said, you have to ask the Lord to help do it, and you have to do it. Here's the thing about it is, I use Romans 5.5 5 in my life. I've used it in other people's lives because somebody asked me that same question, how? How do I do it? What you do is you say, the love of God's been shed abroad in my heart. Hallelujah. So I have the capacity to forgive. So I forgive this for what, or so-and-so for what they did. You say, well, you may have to say that 3,000 times a day. You say that until you believe that. Because see, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Love grows. You may have to say that until you get free. You know? Hallelujah. You have to say it. You have to believe it. See, because, you know, you have to understand this. Faith and feelings are opposite. So feelings can, 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 can you know, because your feelings is like, ugh. And when you see that person, you go, ugh. Uh-huh. Then you have to say, bless God, Okay. The love of God's been shot abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit, and I have the capacity to love, so therefore I have the ability to forgive, so I forgive so-and-so for these things. I forgive them. I forgive them. And you may have to do it, like I said, 3,000 times a day, but you do it so that you get free. And then when you get free, I say, well, how do I know when I'm free? When it doesn't bother you anymore. When it doesn't, you truly, truly know it's okay. I'm not going to hold this against them anymore. I'm not going to allow what the enemy has done. I'm not going to allow the lies of the enemy to bombard me and beat me up anymore. I'm free. And so when somebody says something or somebody does something, you're like, ah, praise God. It's okay. 
It's okay. Because you can be so deeply hurt. And here's the thing too. Sometimes you maybe need somebody else to help you. Um, 1 John chapter 5, verse 16, before it talks about the prayer of a righteous man, it says, you come together and it says that you uh, share your, your sins, you share your faults, your slips, whatever. You confess them to one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. That's what the Amplified Bible says. You know, in the kingdom, it just says, confess your, your faults one to another. You may be healed and restored. You know, those things there. And then it says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. But in the Amplified Bible, it says this, that you come and you confess that your, your sins, your slips, your faults, one to another, that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Listen, you know, you get forgiveness from God. You get love from God. But you get healing and wholeness by confessing to one another. And getting it out so the devil can't use it against you. Sometimes you need some help. Now make sure you talk to the right person. You don't want to talk to somebody who can't wait to get away from you and tell all your stuff. You got to talk to the right persons, okay? Amen. So you come, but you come and you just say, I, I, need, to, I need to share. Because I I, you need to get it out so you get the devil. That's why 1 John 1, 9 says, confess your faults. You can you know, confess your sins. Confess your sins. Because once you get it out and you spill it out, the devil can't use it again on you. Say, no, no, I confess my sin. It, it's out there. You go talk to God about it. But if you keep hiding it, you keep it hidden, he can beat you up all of your life. You keep this in you and you keep trying to keep this arrow. Well, I'm, you know, I'm going to forgive him, but I'm never going to trust him. Or I'm never going to. You know, what you have to do is say, Lord, I'm going to forgive them fully and wholly, and I'm going to allow you to do whatever we need to do in their lives. Amen? You have to do that because God will do it. And like I said, we've all been hurt, some deeper than others. And that's where we need to help one another. Amen? But I want you to be free. I want you to be set free. Why? Because God loves one. So that you'll have confidence in the day of crisis, in the day of judgment. You'll be ready to meet the Lord. You'll be excited. And you'll live the rest of your life full of life. Ready to go. This. I'm going to do this. Isn't it amazing that God told us that we should forgive even as God forgives? That's what he said in Ephesians. Now that's hard. Because God's not counting our sins against us. God says, when you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God said, when you confess your sins, he wipes away. Hallelujah. He just wipes it away. He puts it in the sea of forgetfulness. He wipes it away there. He puts it as far away as the east is from the west. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. The love of God. You have something to say? Go ahead. Hey, we're having fun. All right. Go ahead. Anybody? I just want to share. A quick testimony. Go ahead. I promise I won't cry. That's okay. I don't care if you cry. Just don't take long. <laughs> I promise I won't take long. I, I love Sylvia. She's so precious. No, I you need go your support. There you go. Go ahead. When I was younger, I just celebrated my 81st birthday. So this is about 35, 40 years ago. Full gospel businessman. I was in my home one day, and I looked out. I was washing dishes. I looked out the west window, and I just had a thought. I didn't pray. I just had a simple thought. God, do you love me? Amen. That's what I said. God, do you love me? 
And so about a month later, we went to the full gospel businessmen's meeting. And it was a huge gathering. They opened the, the doors in the <coughs> hotel. We had it at. There was such a crowd. And I'm sitting there. And towards the end of the message, the man looked back to the corner. Where I was sitting way back in the corner with some friends and Sam. And this man said, you young lady in the blue, in the black and white dress, would you come up here? I thought, well, I'm wearing a blue and white (laughs) dress. He's wrong. I ain't moving. So I didn't. I just sat there and my girlfriend said, Sylvia, I think he's talking to you. I said, no, my dress is blue and white, not black and white. Most guys are colorblind. They can't figure it out anyway, so it's all good. (laughs) Well, I was looking for this perfection. Yeah, there we go. If it's from God, it'll be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, after the meeting, my girlfriend said, Sylvia, I'm telling you, he was talking to you. I said, okay, I'll go ask him. So I approached the, the guest speaker, and I said, okay. You had a message for me. My dress isn't black and white. It's blue and white. (laughs) He said, I have a message for you. He said, I saw your dress in the natural. But he said, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. Oh, amen. Out of the whole world, Jesus spoke to me. Yeah. Through this gentleman. Amen. And awesome. since then, I have never, never doubted never the doubted fact that, that Jesus loves me. Amen. And he loves every one of us. He does. Amen. 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 I think we can end on that. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Lord, thank you for Harvest Bible Church. Thank you for these wonderful folks that are here. They are To me, they're so precious, so awesome. But to you, they're even more valuable than I could even think. To you, you gave your son to die for them. To you, you loved them so much that you acted. God so loved the world that he gave, his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm here to declare to you all that God does love you. And the way to receive that love is making sure that you know him, that you've accepted him as your Lord and as your Savior, that you truly, truly, truly believe that he came, that he lived, that he died just for you, and that you believe that if, even if you were the only one, God would have still sent Jesus just for you. So our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. And those of you at home, if you're watching this, it's all about a relationship. It's all about making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. But not just that. It's if you know that you're saved, but also you think, well, I just don't know if he really, does he really care for me? Is he, does he, I mean, my life's not been going the way it's supposed to go. But now's the time to just renew that love because he loves you. You might have been doing your own thing, but he wants you to do his thing. And he'll bless your life with his thing. Amen. If you're here or you're watching or whatever's going on, you make, your, make that commitment to the Lord. You say, you know, I want to I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. If you've never done that, then just raise your hand. Let's pray. Let's, let's take care of it. Today. Let's confess him before men. Let's, let's let that Jesus is your Lord. Let's stop the devil from lying to you that, that you're saved or not. If he's been lying to you about that, 
Now let's stop that today. Amen. So anybody here, if you're here, just raise your hand. Let's pray. Don't, don't be shy. Basketball glory. This is life and death. This is about heaven or hell. This is about walking in freedom or walking in, in defeat. I mean, this is the greatest thing in all the world. I, I, I'm not afraid of the altar call. I love it. Hallelujah. This is getting you to understand how great God loves you. He loves you so much. Oh, he cares. And he'll do mighty things for you. Just like you ask him, he'll do it. Amen. Father, I want to pray. I just feel so impressed to pray for the love of God. I want to pray for what, the, what Paul prayed in, 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 in Ephesians chapter 3. He said, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Hallelujah. That you would grant unto them, Father God, how you would strengthen them by your spirit in the inner man, that they would be rooted and grounded in love, that they may be able to be comprehend how, you know, what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height of the love of Christ. And they might be filled with the fullness of Christ, filled with the fullness of the love of God in their hearts. Father, now I know that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I could even ask or think. Thank you, Father. You're going to work and move and manifest in their lives. Father, I know that when we preach on love, you know, it's the same thing that when you preach on faith, the enemy's going to come and he's going to try to challenge that love. Oh, watch this. I'm going to bring this. Let's see if you're going to walk in love. I know that, but they're going to grow because of the truth of the word of God. They're going to know God loves them. And he's going to take care of them. Hallelujah. And they're going to be able to walk in love. They're going to be able, hallelujah, not to allow the enemy any foothold in their lives. They're not going to give him any place. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, Father, that you've caused us to increase and to grow in you and grow in the things you've called us to grow. Father, my heart's desire is that everyone has an incredible, wonderful Valentine's Day and a wonderful week that they're blessed Father, your divine protection upon their life. Father, you're going to care for them. You're going to watch for them. But you're going to cause blessings to flow. And I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.